welcome to Reyes on Astrology, and I'm your host, Raya Marshall, where I use the lens of traditional astrology and translate it for those living in modern times. For the astrology of October 2023, I have Freya join me to discuss the major transits and ingresses for the month. Freya is a fellow Nightlight Astrology student, and if you can't tell, she's from across the pond. I'm super excited to have my second international guest on the podcast. As Freya said, the conversation was just like two friends getting together and discussing astrology, which is everything I hope for for the podcast. I want it to be informal, but yet informative, and just build connection with other astrologers and develop a sense of community. As always, if you like what you're hearing, please like, subscribe, review the podcast. It makes the machine happy. In other news, if you're in the central Maine area, October 29th, I will be at the East Madison Grange Hall for the Witches' Fair doing live natal chart readings. I'll also have planet spell jars and zodiac essential oil blends. I would love to see your smiling faces there and meet in person. Maybe even just get a mini reading that I'll be giving out. If you like what I'm doing and want to further support my work, find me on Patreon at Reyes on Astrology. My lowest pledge tier is filling up fast, so make sure to grab your spot. There, Over there, I give early access to podcast episodes, bonus material, new and full moon write-ups, and write anytime I feel inspired by the cosmos. So without further ado... Sit back and enjoy the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, I have Freya from Freya Astrology to discuss the astrology of October 2023 with me, which I'm very excited about. I've known Mm -hmm. you for quite some time on social media, so now it's great to have like a collaboration um, just because I love your style of astrology. And we have the same teacher as well, too. So, yeah, absolutely. No, it's really nice to be here. Thank you so much. It's lovely to be doing something together after like speaking for a few years now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So do you want to introduce yourself? Um, tell us a little yeah. bit about like any projects you have going on, offerings, stuff like that. Yeah, sure. Yep. So I'm Freya. I am an astrologer of many, many years. I kind of grew up with astrology in my household. My mum's an astrologer. That's kind of the root of the whole thing. Um, And so I've always practiced like Western psychological astrology until 2020 when everything kind of started to change. And um, I got more into ancient astrology or Hellenistic astrology, which... I think it's kind of like how we've kind of converged in a sense, isn't it? Um, yeah, yeah, it is. Studied with the same teacher, Adam Ellenbass of Nightlight Astrology, and it's just really like really kind of deepened my understanding of astrology, and I really love having that kind of ancient infusion um, into my practice. So now, mostly my practice is Hellenistic. Um, I work in whole sign houses, and I have some sort of um modern psychological elements to the astrology um but yeah it's mostly hellenistic and um i offer one-to-one readings i do occasional classes um and i'm currently working on an astrology planner for 2024 and i'm really hoping that i can get that released 
um, kind of round about Halloween time. And um, I am so excited about that. It's just something that I've wanted to do for years now and um, just never could find anything that was like attractive and informative. And that's kind of like the driving force behind uh, doing it. I'm really hoping that that is, um, yeah, that's kind of like where a lot of my focus is going right now. But readings, readings are very busy. I'm kind of booking into November now and December. So um, that's really good. It's exciting. And um, yeah, like I'm a mum of, uh, well, three boys, I guess. I've got two two kids and one step stepkid and they're all boys. And it's a busy time. <laughs> and um yeah, that, that's basically me in a nutshell. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So um, I'm excited for the planner. That's something that I've always toyed with. And it's just like such a daunting task that I started. Oh my gosh. And, like, it's overwhelming, but that's so exciting. It's so <laughs> that's so exciting. Yeah, yeah it's, no, it's, it's really exciting. <laughs> so I'm excited to have you on. You're my second international guest and I'm excited. Oh, about, cool. Um, you know, we both have studied under the same person so we have like a very similar taste to astrology yeah. and I started uh practicing Hellenistic or traditional astrology right around the same time so I have that like background of like psychological modern astrology as well too that I kind of yeah. slip in there every once in a while yeah yeah <laughs> yeah um I like the fact that the Hellenistic is very kind of stoic and quite um fate fateful feeling um but then I also like the modern psychological that we do have some um some element of kind of control over our destiny mm -hmm. um and it's kind of like choices about particular experiences and things like that I, I just yeah I find it really fascinating I mean for a while there I kind of got deep into the um the stoic kind of side of things but mm -hmm. I think the there's a lot to be said about the modern psychological as well um just as a kind of like flavoring and amongst the hellenistic <laughs> to yeah, kind of keep exactly. it a bit more manageable yeah mm. i mean we're all like humans just living in a more modern yeah. time so we need to be able to incorporate modern elements yeah. as well too absolutely yeah so shall we dive right into it um, yeah, that's good. October itself, I am so excited because I feel like the astrology has been super stagnant and it's like the yes. same transits over and over again. So October <laughs> yeah. brings like a nice new flavor to what is going on or just like a change and a shift of energy. Uh, maybe that's because we're in Libra season, which is a cardinal sign, which is like that initiating mm. change. Um, but yeah. October seems like a great month. Um, you know, it's the start of a yeah, it's nice season. to see some new stuff. Yes, Sorry. exactly, mm -hmm. exactly. Um, so, and also too, I noticed that like Saturn has kind of been off of the radar mostly um, for the past couple of months. And in, in October, it's like we get these planets ingressing into water signs so that it then picks yeah. up aspects to Saturn. So Saturn is kind of like, Hey guys, I'm still here. Don't forget about me. Um, yeah. So there's that. Yeah, um, so on the first, the first transit I want to speak to is um, October 1st, or excuse me, October 4th, we have Mercury move into the sign of Libra. Mercury's moving fast. So it's here until October 21st, um, which is mm -hmm. great. 
it's at max speed. So it's just zooming along after that retrograde period in Virgo. Um, and it's also moving to conjoin the sun um, while in direct motion. So this is like the beginning rebirth phases of like that Mercury retrograde that's been going on in Virgo and like yeah. being born into something new. So Mercury will be a morning star if no, excuse me, an evening star. So it will appear after the conjunction um, later on in the month, it will appear as an evening star. Um, but like I was saying with that Saturn energy, it immediately picks up an, or no, it doesn't pick up an opposition. Excuse me. It doesn't, it doesn't even connect to um, Saturn. So I don't even know what I'm talking about, but anyways, what are you in the month? I think that's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Later in the month. Um, yeah. So what are your feelings on Mercury in the sign of Libra? Um, I mean, I like it for the change. You know, we've got that nice cardinal energy. Libra's really sociable, very like, um, I always find Librans kind of like when, when they're at a party, they're like kind of really like entertaining to talk to. They've always got a good story to tell. Um, and there's that nice kind of sociable element. There is the fact that anything with Libra at the moment, I'm sort of acutely aware that we've got the south node um, being activated by anything in Libra. Mm -hmm. um, and so, um, you know, we've got lots of significant stuff coming up with Libra later this month that we'll talk about soon. But, well, yeah, Mercury and Libra moving quickly. It could be quite a sociable month. Um, and which, sorry, remind me again, we're talking about Mercury and Libra Yes. Conjunct the sun, did you say? No, yeah. not yet, um, but it's moving too. Yeah, that's the one. Um, and so whenever any planet seems to conjunct the sun, it's kind of like this whole like rebirth moment, a bit like a new moon. That's my kind of feeling with with these um Kazemi points over the last kind of year or so. Mm -hmm. And I think Mercury and Virgo has been amazing you know it's been <laughs> dignified it's been exalted there's been lots of ideas and lots of planning and lots of kind of like revisiting this idea of like organization and you know those kind of details that really matter to each of us um you know depending on which birth chart house they're in um for each of us you know which birth chart house Virgo covers it's like the details in that area of life have been a real focus but I, I don't know anybody that hasn't really struggled um, with the previous Mercury retrograde in Virgo. It's been like a real, a real hit yeah. um, in terms of like massive communication and travel disruptions. Like it, mm -hmm. it's just been like quintessentially Mercury retrograde. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's it's nice to have a change from that. There is also the fact, um, you know, the sun in Libra, is it? detriment or fall I can't I never remember the it's terminology in, it's in fall so it's it's furthest away from its exaltation place of air yeah. Aries yeah um and so I kind of think here that like those because it's that kind of dark side of the year when the um the darkness is increasing and the light is decreasing decreasing it almost feels like this is when we think of Mercury and plans and thinking about the future, it almost feels like this is a bit of an incubation period. We might not necessarily be seeing um, like results quite as much as um, we might be hoping for, mm -hmm. um, it, you know, in comparison to that, you know, if we were in Aries season and the light was rising, but there's, 
there's something kind of manifesting deep beneath you know deep underground under the surface that we might not even see yet but it will you know I think when we kind of start reaching the eclipse points um you know especially the one in Libra that's an extra layer to be adding in and um yeah I'm, I'm interested to see what's what's coming um from from this kind of this starting point but it's it's hard to kind of see at the moment because it is you know the darkness rising instead of the light rising yeah so that's a great point too because I had noted that the whole time that Mercury's in Libra, it's invisible. So it's under the beams of the sun, yeah. and too close to the sun to be able to see, be seen in the morning or the evening sky. And it's also mm-hmm. interesting that the, that whole time, it's also making a whole sign square to Pluto, which is the underworld, the hidden, oh. the subterranean. So it's mm-hmm. very underworldly, like things, the, the themes or the things that are coming through or the things that need to be brought up to the surface, but you need to go down first yeah Um, yeah absolutely and you know libra like you were saying libra is the sign where the darkness overcomes the light Mm. or the fall equinox and capricorn is the sign where the darkness has completely dominated the light and it's the darkest time of the year symbolically yeah so there's this sense of going into the dark or Mm. with those things that maybe are hidden before the results are shown like you were saying yeah so. It's like a journey that we've got to go through before we can really know what the future plans are, in mm. a sense. Yeah. 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 And, and yeah. thinking only... about that Pluto. Sorry, carry on. No, no, go right ahead. No, I was just going to say, um, you know, when we were kind of like you shared your notes um, about this month and, you know, about the pl- Pluto stationing um, to go direct in Capricorn. So basically, Pluto is. Um, sort of stationing all month basically yeah, pretty much yeah <laughs> I, I just that was my main you know from like all all the stuff that's happening even the eclipses I just really felt that one you know it was just like yeah and uh, you know I find the the directions of the planets are like a particular interest at the moment and you know stationing planets just really hold their symbolism um in our kind of lived experience which made me kind of think that you know, when we get the moon transiting those particular signs, so Libra and Capricorn over the month of October, it you know, for like their two and a half day stay, um, the moon is often that activator of the kind of the real life events and the kind of experiences that we have here, mm-hmm. um, like down on Earth. Um, and it's just made me kind of like extra aware you know that those are days that I might want to be like taking note of like things that are going on around um and yeah just just paying attention really to kind of what's what's unfolding at that time or what what kind of story is coming up that is requiring that that visitation um down under I want to say yeah (laughs) yeah I I've I've noticed that too especially with the moon when the moon moves into Libra the past couple of times yeah it's been very intense and you think of like a libra yeah. moon as like bringing this peace and harmony but it's like the yeah. south node is there it's squaring yeah. pluto um yeah you know, it's just a lot going on so that's and it's it's been that um i'm never quite sure of this terminology but is it like the dispositor um uh, <laughs> venus is like the venus dispositor is the of... yep sorry no yeah. yeah that's the term 
Yeah, and it just makes me think of, you know, I hate to say the phrase again, but the Venus retrograde in Leo um, that we've all experienced over the summer, it just feels like a little bit more added to that story, um, you know, because it's Venus being highlighted and also the sun because, you know, Leo's, Leo is ruled by the sun, but yeah. Venus really highlighted. And for so many people this year, I've noticed, you know, when I've done readings that, Venus has been rising in their birth chart or in their solar return chart and it's just been such a key theme um, and thinking back to previous um, hits of that Venus retrograde in Leo over the kind of eight year cycles going backwards that the real stories and the real unfolding of all of that change is still kind of going on well into kind of Christmas time that's always yeah. been my experience of that and so it feels like this is just adding that extra kind of slice of the pie really into that that whole narrative for each of us individually, depending on which house um, Leo covers in our own birth chart. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's perfect because it ties into our next transit, October 6th. Venus finally moves past that 28 degrees where she had stationed retrograde on July 22nd. <laughs> So it's still, we're still dealing, like the beginning of October, we're still dealing with the themes or the topics or the situations that came up um, during yeah. the retrograde period. You know, Venus is not done. And it's like, yeah, it's nice because like the sun is said to be in fall in Libra. It's a place that it's not super comfortable or familiar with. Um, but there's this mutual reception between Venus in Leo and the sun in Libra. They're in each other's signs. Yes. So they're able to kind of talk to each other and help yeah, that's out so um mm. but you know october 6th i think that we can finally put the phrase venus retrograde in the past for another eighteen so. months <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh i like it like it was great you know like it was a very eye-opening um informative experience with the venus retrograde but i'm done with it man like i'm done talking <laughs> about it i'm done it's i'm done like i could with a new chapter in the book you know it's just like yeah <laughs> and that's why I think yeah. that October is that new chapter because we're really finishing yeah. up you know Mercury is finally out of Virgo after being retrograde there for such a long time Venus is finally yeah. moving out of Leo and it's been in yeah. Leo what since June or something like that so yeah. yeah we're we're getting all this new energy coming up we're finally going into eclipse season after like yeah talking about the eclipses and stuff so yeah absolutely. yeah it's just nice to have a couple of planets like direct and not in shadow like mm. because there's quite a lot of retrograde action still going on with the outer planets um so it's just nice to have a few of the personal planets like really kind of like buzzing along you know that mercury in libra might actually be quite quite helpful in that respect that it is kind of buzzing along at really you know fast speed um in october yeah, I love that. Mm. So our next day, October 7th, this is a pretty big one. Um, we have a Mars square Pluto. Um, mm. I always found the Mars square, like the Mars Pluto dynamics, um, you know, people get afraid of it because Mars is like the conflict and uh, domination and conquering and action and fighting. And Pluto's like that subterranean power, that wealth, that greed, stuff like that. Um, yeah. So it's just something to be aware of. Um, you know, I think that it, it, this one itself is going to feel a little bit more tense because we have the nodes placed in yeah. Libra Aries. Mars had just conjoined the South node. 
Pluto's sharing mm. the nodes. So it just, the nodes for me just adds kind of like an exclamation point or like a level yeah. of like intensity coming up. Yeah. So, I mean, it's really great that Mars is like separating from that um, yeah. south node. I think mm -hmm. that's a little bit of a reprieve um, from kind of a worst case scenario. But it's not, you know, it's funny because when you, we like astrologers, we talk about these things, um, you know, it is a, a big dynamic energy, but it's never quite as dynamic as you think it might be, or it's rarely as dynamic as you think it might be. It just yeah. might be a powerful day for um you know um what we're we thinking air and air and earth here so like conversations um conversations with authority even this could just be like going into the bank and trying to sort out you know your your overdraft situation with with a banker which would be kind of like ruled by pluto in capricorn and mm -hmm. things maybe just getting a bit heated because the frustration you know, Mars in Libra, it's really trying to keep its cool and be diplomatic. And actually, like, it might just be extra difficult to kind of keep your cool. You might leave leave the bank and kind of just feel a bit red in the face and a little bit sweaty, you know, and it could literally just be something kind of like that. Um, yeah. 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 And yeah, I think of just like, you know, I see this transit with this Libra Capricorn energy. I think of like just dealing with really difficult conversations, difficult topics, yeah. maybe things that have been pushed aside that like you don't want to deal with because you know it's going to be challenging. And finally, they bubble up from the surface and now it's time to deal with the, you know, the elephant in the room or the Pluto yeah. in the room, something like that. Um, it could also yeah. just be like internal heat or conflict, you know, like dealing with something that you're, you're wrestling with um, personally. And finally, there's this moment of like, okay, I got this. I got this under control. I can do this type of thing. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That is the thing, isn't it? You know, it can be also, like you say, it can be harnessing that energy and actually being really aware of it and, and actually adding diplomacy to an otherwise really um, heated conversation. Mm, um, yeah. So it actually could be quite, quite helpful like that. And I, you know, I can't help but think that Pluto is just in these final kind of rounds um, in Capricorn mm -hmm. and that we haven't got many more of these opportunities to have these conversations um, until, you know, we've got Pluto finally in Aquarius at the end of next year. But, you know, from the majority of next year as well and just a little kind of three month retrograde is it in um back into Capricorn yeah we're nearly done short. with this story yeah we're nearly done with this story of like 15 years of um Pluto and Capricorn something like that yeah um, which is you know completely transformed that particular birth chart house um that Capricorn rules for each of us um yeah it's it's been a lot a long story so these are the kind the kind of like I want to say the final sprinkles on the cake, but that really doesn't feel like a Pluto, um, you know, a Pluto thing. But um, yeah, perhaps finally finding the gems that you've been digging for all of this time, because I think one of my favorite like turnarounds with Pluto um, in the last year has been, you know, our teacher, Adam Ellenbus, just talking about the fact that Pluto means riches. And that yeah. has been such, such an empowering realization that, you know yeah transformation holds a lot of power and all of those kinds of things but the fact that it is um you know in traditional terminology like that for pluto but the fact that it is riches and it's almost like saturn in that respect that it 
you know, over the time that we spend, um, you know, traversing like a Pluto transit, that there's gifts to be had once the transit is over. Mm -hmm. um and there's like there's new things to see but it you know it can be a, a grueling process whilst you're in it kind of thing yeah I think of you know with that Pluto moving through Capricorn and we're finally in the last stages of it it's mm -hmm. I think of like <clears throat> the riches in the long run rather than the immediate reward you know and I think yeah. that that's a lot of you know you're of the similar generation around my age where it's like we're looking yeah. at like the long-term benefits of not just like getting super wealthy but it's like what is going to bring us the most um quote-unquote riches in life yeah you know yeah. something like that absolutely so, yeah, yeah but October 7th you know, eh, around that day, we have the moon in Leo. It just enters Leo around that time. Venus is just about to move into Virgo. So, you yeah. know, it might feel like a, it might feel like an intense day, but I think that there's little nuggets of like insight that are going to come through if yeah. you're willing to like deal with the uncomfortable situation. You know, that's kind of what it feels like. It's like a, like an internal heat that's uncomfortable that doesn't know how to get out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So in our next one, October 9th, we have Venus move into Virgo, finally out of Leo after like what seemed like half a year, um, <laughs> which was crazy. Um, we have Venus in Virgo until November 7th. And this is the place that's said to be Venus's fall. It's furthest away from her exaltation sign of mm -hmm. Pisces. You know, Venus likes beauty and like the the senses the things that excite us um our desires things like that and virgo is this place of like what are the systems and the datas that can be put in place that make logical sense and venus isn't always about the logic so there's that disconnect there um but mm -hmm. immediately when venus moves into virgo she picks up an opposition to saturn so once again saturn's it's saturn's coming into play so I personally love Venus and Saturn together in any sort of aspect because I think of things like thrift and being very conservative. Um, yeah. So that's yeah. like, you know, one of my favorite things. Um, but it's also things like, you know, committing to something that you love. Um, yeah. It's also could be like the ending of some sort of relationship or the ending of some sort of commitment. Um, yeah. Saturn in traditional astrology was said to be the furthest reaches of our solar system before they knew about Uranus and all, all those. So it's this, yeah. this, this um, finality, this, this final stage of um, human experience expanding into the cosmos type of thing. Um, but, is Saturn still retrograde at that point? Yeah, Saturn is retrograde still. It's at one Pisces. So yeah. um, Saturn's still moving back. It's going to stay in Pisces though, which is good. Yeah, yeah right on my moon <laughs> oh gosh of course I have like that nothing. In, I have nothing in Pisces I have my lot of fortune which is another story but I yeah 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 I've got my moon in my midheaven at like one and three so um it has been a big Saturn story for me personally over the summer but um yeah otherwise like aspect wise it, it hasn't really been and I'm I'm interested to see like you know obviously once we get the next um direct station in with Saturn in Pisces which I think is like round about January time possibly December anyway um okay. one for another month um you know once we get 
back past, you know, the first kind of seven degrees, that's it for the next 28 years of Saturn in Pisces mm -hmm. um, in terms of those first, the first like decan of um, Pisces, at least the first 10 degrees of Pisces. So, um, yeah, it's been an interesting one. I quite like um, the Venus kind of Saturn opposition as well, because I think it's really constructive for like creative projects and things like writing projects, uh, musical stuff, anything to do with like dancing and creativity, anything that's kind of completely the opposite to Virgo in the sense that it's things that we intuit that just kind of come from, we don't know where it comes from, it just kind of comes from us. But that Virgo, Venus in Virgo is allowing us to kind of bring it down into the practical world and like literally write the words on the paper um you know create the thing you want to create like maybe join join the dance class that you've been wanting to join something like that um yeah. and I, I've, I've quite enjoyed um you know Virgo opposite um Pisces um of late so I think yeah even though it is you know it's a tricky tricky aspect obviously but there's something is it a it's a Saturn ruled aspect isn't it an opposition Yes. Yeah. So, so there's something that can really be built again, a bit like Pluto for the long term. So October has got that, that element of, you know, really thinking into the future about how we want to see our lives and how we want them to progress with, you know, projects, emotional relationships, all of those things are really kind of in the spotlight for the long term, which I quite like being, you know, like quite a satiny person myself thinking yeah. about, you know, the long-term plan. So, yeah, it's, yeah. It's funny. I see this transit and I think of like my daughter right now, of course, this transit isn't happening yet, but right now my daughter's in the, in this mindset of designing a tree house. So she's having all these creative ideas of what she wants in the tree house and how to look and she's putting yeah. it in paper. So I think of that a lot of this aspect of Venus opposed Saturn. It's like, finally like having the vision and putting it to the paper and planning yeah it, you know yeah something yeah. Like it's that. really exciting I love that yeah mm. it's, it's really like how do you bring the dream into a reality mm. that's, yeah I really like that I think that's that's really exciting <laughs> yeah and like and if you think of it the creative process is really uncomfortable like when you're first yeah. trying to like make something and that's that Venus and Virgo energy it's like trying to be creative but put it down in some sort of tangible way that's like it's awkward yeah. and it's weird and it's like what words or what shapes am I going to use stuff like that yeah I've, I've been really feeling that with like designing the planner I'm just like I know what it looks like in my head and yeah yet trying to bring that into a reality you know using different uh you know software programs and stuff it's just like oh my, I need to be a graphic designer to do this kind of thing. And I hadn't considered that. I just thought it would be fine in that very Pisces way of like, I've got a vision and it'll be wonderful. But it's like, unless you can put that into, you know, practical reality, it's not going to be anything. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe, this I, is, maybe this is the transit for you where you finally like yeah, finalize absolutely. your planner or something. Yeah, like yeah, I'm definitely feeling that. <laughs> Our next one is... um we'll talk about this briefly um but october 10th we have pluto stationing direct so you know like we were mentioning pluto doesn't move past 27 capricorn until november 1st so all yeah. of october 
it's parts of September, all of October, and then the beginning of November, it moves past that 27 degrees. So basically, yeah. it was stopped in the sky. So it's not, it's, it's very like, you know, the Pluto story is slow, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, I just, it's a bit like a fossil forming or something, isn't it? You can't mm -hmm. see it happening, but you know, there's that sense with Pluto, just that energy that kind of surrounds the day to day, especially when it's stationing, that it's just like, I know that there's something sort of more powerful at play here. Um, and I just need to trust that the universe has got my back basically and whatever the, the story is that's unfolding I love that analogy of a fossil forming because it's like the deep layers and compaction that happens mm. over time creates something you know but you yeah see it and you don't know when it's going to show up or when it's going to be ready type of thing so or it's like yeah. even um forming diamonds you know it's that yeah that, that heat and that compression over time forms some sort of riches I mean you know yeah so it's nice yeah we'll, we'll use that into the future I think <laughs> yeah but yeah I think that I think the Pluto stationing um and pretty much not moving through October it's it's going to be these mm. like, these little tiny layers building upon each other before there's some sort yeah. of manifestation that happens and kind of stationing and squaring the nodes um, yeah. fairly closely. That is just bringing in that element of, um, I hate to use such kind of cheesy phrases, but, you know, like soul contracts and, um, you know, emphasizing this energy of like increase with the north node and decrease with the south node. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I just, I think it's really interesting. Uh, like you say, again, just to, about what's being formed beneath that we can't see yet that might become more clear you know probably more so like during Aries season next year when we get you know a bit of a a bit of a whack on that north node um, yeah mm -hmm. which will be exciting exciting times no doubt yeah and it's like also too is like we're you know we mentioned it um but Mars is still squaring Pluto while it's yeah finishing. and on the day that Pluto quote-unquote turns direct Mars is mm. at 29 degrees, which is an anoretic degree. It's also a decan that's ruled by Saturn. So there's this sense of this heavy weight going on. Yeah. Um, yeah. And when the square, so when the Mars-Pluto square is exact, it's also a Saturn degree. So Saturn rules X degrees in the sign of Libra, which is the end degrees. So there's a yeah. sense of finality. Um, yeah. Putting things to rest, you know, something like that. Absolutely. So our next transit we have, October 12th, we have Mars into Scorpio. This is a home sign of uh, Mars. And Mars is here until November 23rd. Mm -hmm. um, once again, Im immediately picks up a trine to Saturn and Pisces, which is great. Um, mm. I like Saturn. You know, I, you know, Saturn and Mars together can be very difficult because they're said to be malefics or like the bad doers of the sky, the, the planets that are more challenging. Um, mm. But in a watery sign like Pisces and Scorpio, I think of like deep compassion or deep like understanding for someone's struggles or challenges or conflicts, something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like a really deep desire to help and having, you know, that Mars in Scorpio really gives us the courage to help as well. Mm -hmm. um, 
like an extra layer of bravery that perhaps we we haven't had previously. Um, yes, yeah, so I'm just gonna hang on. I'm just gonna open the door a little bit because it's getting really hot in the car. Yeah. It's like a greenhouse. <laughs> um, oh, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know, like a trine is a really nice aspect, isn't it? So it's not like this is um, building negative things. This is flowing harmonious energy um and adding adding energy again to those creative projects um that that saturn uh, might be working with in pisces so adding that um what is it it's like uh, mars and scorpio is kind of like marathon running isn't it um yeah it's in it for the long run type of thing yeah and that kind of like that willpower is stronger than than anything else um so it can really kind of help bring things forth um yeah, yeah. I, I put yeah I put down like practical actions or like you were saying yeah. um like just like knowing when to go and when to stop almost because Saturn and yeah Mars can be like the the stop and the stop the brakes and the gas so it's like knowing when to go and knowing when to stop or like yeah. maybe knowing your own limits or knowing someone else's limits something like that you know what I mean yeah, I really do. I have Mars and Saturn conjunct in Scorpio in my chart. Oh, really? And it's a bit of like a story um, that I have to kind of live with. And I find it really difficult to switch off the willpower, even if I know it's not necessarily good that I'm still going and still going. But it's almost like the the knowledge is there that I do need to at some point and that I do at some point kind of finally stop. And I think that is that real power of Saturn with Mars is that it can be like the you know the wise old teacher coming in and saying like maybe just take a little bit of a break right now you you know you don't have to be going at everything 150% all the time you need to take that downtime you know especially yeah. with Pisces as well which is all about having faith um trusting and kind of surrendering to the universe that things will be okay and that you don't always need to be like in the driving seat that the universe is working twice as hard you know in the background um you know the planets are still moving and yeah. uh, you can't control everything yeah yeah I always tell my children that like if they're getting frustrated with like homework or drawing or legos or anything I'm like if you're getting frustrated and you're getting worked up it's time yeah. to step away and take a break so I yeah, see, absolutely. I see that transit as like stepping away and taking a break and getting a maybe a bigger view or a, an outside perspective on something yeah. that is bothering you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I really like that. That's great. So moving right along, this is our first lunation we've spoken about. <clears throat> October 14th, we have the new moon in Libra. So this is a solar eclipse. Womp, womp, womp. <laughs> um, you know mercury is under the beams of the sun it's relatively mm -hmm. close uh this eclipse will be happening around 21 degrees libra mercury's mm -hmm. at 17 so it's very close this is the first yeah. eclipse we've had um since the node shifted but i'm also thinking last year we were we were dealing with mars and and venus eclipses as well too so yeah, it's a good point, actually. Yeah, we've been here. We've been here, but it's a little bit different because it's the masculine yeah. signs of Mars and Venus. So I think of yeah. like maybe the eclipses that we've experienced 
this past 18 months has been more internalized and now this is mm-hmm. like a more externalized version of it this is like the action coming onto the stage isn't it because they're both um you know the the south node in libra and the north node in there is both cardinal energy so it's like that initiation mm. um it really feels like you know dynamic energy doesn't it cardinal um yeah. and with the nodes again like just that yeah in a sense like that uncontrollable energy um and just looking to see where you know where those eclipses are in our own in our own birth charts for kind of some more clues about how how these things might be unfolding and again it's that new moon eclipse isn't it with the the one in libra yeah so it's just the very seeding point it's not um it's not expecting results um but it's it's having those gut feelings those initial thoughts of like i wonder if I could do this and and literally just kind of those ideas first kind of coming in um and it likely is to be ideas or an idea that comes about through a social exchange because it's in air um and you know air is all about sharing ideas and communications um conversations Libra being like classic conversationalist Mm -hmm. um so almost like the um the the path that you're leading somehow having like a new fork added into the road that um could slightly change change the direction but not realizing you know which country you're actually going to yet type thing you know it's just like a little extra piece of information yeah i think of i you know i think of a a a solar eclipse new moon i think of it as like a like a super new moon or like, yeah. like a big seed being planted, but we're not going to see the results right away. And like you were saying, like that conversational piece, it's very conversational because we have Mercury moving to conjoin the sun. Um, Mercury yeah. involved in the in the new moon. We also have Venus is the host of the sun and the moon in Mercury's sign. So there's this mutual mm-hmm. reception of having, you know, having some sort of insight or clarity when it comes to the people that you relate to or the people that yeah. you bond with, something like that, or having, yeah. um, I like to call them cosmic downloads by just like, yeah, everyday mundane interactions, you know, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's, it's, it's those thoughts that kind of you have those conversations, and you just think, oh, that was just a thing. And then like days later, you're doing mm-hmm. something really mundane, like vacuuming, or, you know, getting a drink or something like that. And you're like, oh wait a minute like that is a really good piece of information that I hadn't even realized Mm -hmm. I didn't think that that would be an option and it's like just really staying open to the idea that things can be done in ways that we don't even know about yet Mm -hmm. um it doesn't have to be like you know in in the way that you imagine your life to play out it doesn't have to all happen in the way that you expect it to like it, it can can come about especially with the eclipses you know and the nodes it's yeah it's just staying open to that kind of the magic that the universe can bring along yeah exactly yeah I and I think it's I think it's going to be a real um not necessarily cleansing cleansing but like a purging of old thought patterns you know the yeah. ruling over the mind mercury ruling yeah. over thoughts and communications because shortly after the new moon we have the mercury kazemi on October 19th so it's like mm. this, this moment of like Mercury being in the heart of the sun, yeah. being the, like 
um, the way I explain it is like, um, what's the word? I'm, initiated into the God's chamber. He's He's got the invitation yeah. to, to go to see the big daddy in the sky type of thing. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And once again, I feel like there's a lot happening in the bounds of Saturn because the Kazemi happens at 26, which is a Saturn ruled degree in Libra. So it's like this sense of like, you know, are we in it for the long run type of thing, even though yeah. it's a cardinal energy of initiating something new. It's like, but what's going to be practical in the long run? Kind of like what we were talking about with that Pluto and Capricorn energy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's a big theme of being in things for the long run as we kind of wrap up 2023. And I think so much of like springtime of 23 was really like new things um, and lots of kind of like direct um direct movement for the planets lots of new things happening and this is like that slowdown point of like checking in with the details um you know with that Virgo new moon that we had recently and um yeah just like checking in with what with the information of the plans really and just taking some time to to kind of um honor the fact that we're now in in the darker side of the year um or that the darkness is is increasing at, at least yeah um yeah there's like a slower energy which yeah. is it's nice but it's assimilation yeah exactly because I feel like this year has just been like like mentally overwhelming you know I feel like oh there's been a lot going on I don't know if I say this every year but I feel like it's just it's been hard to keep up with everything so I think you I mean, know it's it's kind of like it's interesting though that we have the new moon and then we have the Kazemi, which is like a new moon with Mercury. So like the middle of the month is this like new potential growing. And, and, and like you were saying, it's like the darker time of the year. So we're, the seed is in the dark soils type of thing, you know? Yeah. It's, it's like really fertile, isn't it? It feels, yeah. you know, and then we'll move into Scorpio season, which will, you know, I guess we'll move into a few Scorpio bits in a minute, but um you know and that's that's like the most fertile time of the year in some respects but it's everything fertile that's happening underground and not for you know fertility that's happening out there in the open you know it's happening behind closed doors instead of like you know out in the in the streets yeah it's like the you know I think of Scorpio season it's the first stages of fertility it's where the things yeah. are falling and starting to decay to create the yeah. riches of what's in nutrients that's needed in the soil but I just, I, you know, with the Libra season, with the eclipses, with the Mercury Kazemi, which is like the brand new, you know, Mercury's direct. So it's the starting of the brand new Mercury cycle. I just, yeah. I feel like there's a lot of excitement around new things happening, especially in a cardinal air sign. Yeah. Like, like the idea of new things is very exciting type of thing. Yeah. I, I love cardinal seasons. I think they're really exciting. Just like <clears throat> new energy starting. Um, yeah, they're dynamic. Yeah. They're very dynamic. Yeah, right? yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> so our next transit we have um, October. Oh, I'm not advancing my chart. Um, October 22nd, we have Mercury into Scorpio. <clears throat> no, it's here until November 10th. So once again, Mercury is moving fast. Um, it's... Yeah. It's co-present with its host Mars for the whole entire time, which is great. Um, oh yeah, and, that's good. Yeah, and then it, once again it picks up that trine to Saturn. Um, yeah, but I find that you know my both of my children have Mercury and Scorpio, 
And they are just like mm. little defense attorneys. They love to argue. They love to prove <laughs> their point. They love to just like, they, they love to bicker, um, yeah. you know, fight with words. I think of that or just yeah. like have this deep and probing um, yeah. want to understand things like the internal yeah. workings of things. And especially yeah. with cars there, I feel like it's just going to like add more punch to it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, my husband's got Mercury in Scorpio and he's just such a researcher and the things that he researches are very Scorpionic. And I'm like, why are you even looking at that? Like, don't you want to look at happy things? And he's like, no. <laughs> I was like, okay. Um, yeah. yeah, and that, yeah, it's it's a lot of power behind words um, because they can, you know, it's almost like Gemini. Gemini is like tricksy and very like charming and really good with words. But Mercury and Scorpio like really gets you in the feels and is just like working from an emotional level. Mm. So they they know like how, like kind of where to access that emotional connection to, I don't know, bring you around to their way of thinking perhaps um, or, you know, just have a deep conversation. Um, they... Mercury and Scorpio doesn't want to chat about the weather, you know, Mercury and Scorpio just wants to go straight, straight in at the deep end. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I also think of like this, um, you know, I think of Scorpio a lot of the times as this, this um, very vulnerable place. So they, they yeah. know how to, um, they understand people's unconscious vulnerabilities and they understand how to like, not necessarily manipulate but they they know where the limit is almost you know what I mean yeah they know the access point mm -hmm. and they know if they put the key into that then there's kind of no going back <laughs> yeah exactly yeah um, yeah definitely but once again like touching on October it's like we get this giant refresh of energy where planets are actually moving and changing signs, mm. and it's just wonderful <laughs> yeah uh, it's really nice to get a bit more kind of speed and movement on everything. Yeah, exactly. It's just, oh, it's felt so stagnant and stale. Yeah. But, like once again, on the next day, we have October 23rd, as it typically does, the sun moves into Scorpio and it's mm -hmm. here until November 22nd, give or take time zone. Um, but once again, yeah. that, that trine to Saturn. So it's like the end of October is like, you know, Saturn's finally in the conversation and it gets to like yeah. peace. Um, you know, sunshine yeah. Saturn is like, especially in a water sign, I think of like, just like, um, like not necessarily emotional, but like, like, what is it that I want? Yeah. And like, how is it going to affect me as far as mm -hmm. um, some sort of internal storyline or something like that? Yeah, like considering the feelings, um, instead of just jumping in with that, um, that Libra energy, that cardinal Libra energy, that's like, yeah, I want to try new stuff. Um, and then the Scorpio comes along and just kind of puts the brakes on a bit. And it's like, yeah, but you know, how do you feel? Um, yeah, and then Saturn, like adding it, it in kind of the practical limits of it as well. Like, you know, how far can I really take this? Mm -hmm. um, you know, and not putting a dampener on things, but just bringing a reality check to to what we're thinking about moving into next. Yeah, I think of almost like the um, uh, resp like ha having this deep responsibility of nurturing that which was started around the new moon type of thing. You yeah. know, that solar eclipse. It's like okay, now it's, now it's time to water the garden. 
Now it's time yeah. to plant my plants. Now it's time to, you know, do the things that like take care of the things that aren't necessarily um, considered like, uh, you know, not necessarily seen always. Um, yeah. You, know, you see the beautiful garden, but you don't see the continual hours and, and yeah. labor that's put into the beautiful garden type of thing. Yeah. This is the bit that I am so bad at. I'm just, <laughs> I'm really bad at kind of honoring that darkness, you know, and mm -hmm. honoring that things are happening um, beneath the soil. And like, we just got this opportunity to kind of share a bit of an allotment and everyone's like, oh, we don't need to do anything over winter. And it's like, yeah, we probably do need to do some stuff over winter so that yeah. when it comes to springtime, everything has had as good enough chance to, you know, um, provide the riches that the soil needs for the growing season mm -hmm. yeah I also like I, I think it's just like this time where it's like I also think of like the sun and Scorpio trying Jupiter or excuse me Saturn and Pisces is like the acceptance of darkness yeah you know Saturn mm -hmm. is like a very dim dark planet um mm -hmm. in the sign mm -hmm. of Pisces which is like in between darkness and light but Scorpio, it's like mm -hmm. the light, it, the darkness is here. It's like, it's, yeah, it's very fixed. So I think of yeah. like this acceptance of that which has happened or like the acceptance of like things are going to be difficult or there's going to be a lot of work that needs to be put in type of thing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Saturn at this point is at like, you know, zero degrees and 30 minutes of Pisces um, and it doesn't retrograde out of Pisces. So it's very slow. It's kind of building up to a station point. And so its symbolism is being emphasized as well as kind of, you know, those Saturn themes of, you know, being mature, taking that kind of responsible attitude for things um, and like honoring the fact that, you know, there will be some form of limit to to our experience yeah exactly which mm. is hard in water signs I feel like it's hard to understand yeah. the limits in water signs because it's like what like water you know naturally it likes to be contained but when there's yeah. too much water it overflows <laughs> and it goes everywhere so yeah especially like, in Pisces yeah. like it's the most uh yeah watery it, of if water it, signs. if it can find a way out it will <laughs> yeah exactly so I think of like maybe needing to know that containment area yeah. with that Saturn yeah. energy instead of letting it all overflow to like yeah. over the table. Definitely. Yeah. So our next transit we have, which is the full moon in Taurus. Mm -hmm. um, it's a partial eclipse because it's close enough to the nodes, even though the nodes are, um, and it might be on the border. I think it is an eclipse, um, but it's, yeah, it's an eclipse. Excuse me. Yeah, it's um, the final Taurus eclipse, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's the final Taurus eclipse. So we're finishing yeah. up that which was started when the nodes yeah. moved into Taurus Scorpio back in 2021, late 2020. Yeah. So like 18 years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, it's loosely trying Saturn and Pisces. Um, yeah. And it's loosely, or loosely sextile, I should say. Um, loosely opposed Mercury and Mars as well, too. So there's a lot of bits and pieces going yeah. on um yeah for this time period um the moon's yeah. you know taurus is the place that, that the moon is said to be exalted so it's like an honored guest so it's like brings out all the show-stopping bells and whistles 
So I wonder yeah. an exalted mood that tends to get conflated, especially with Jupiter co-present with the North mm-hmm. node that tends to be obsessive. I think of like, yeah. I think it's going to be, it's going to feel big, you know, like there's just yeah. gonna be this intense feeling of grandiose. Yeah. Lunation. Absolutely. And, and again, it's like um, the wrapping up of this um, eclipse cycle um, in, in Taurus and Scorpio for the next, you know, 18 and a bit years. So it's that, again, like an ending, because um, it's a full moon, isn't it? Full moon eclipse. Yeah. Um, so the, the final results of this whole journey that we've been going on, um, yeah, and with Jupiter there, like you say, it's it's big, um, it's possibly over the top, and, um, you know, it can be excessive, can't it? Like Jupiter in Taurus is like too much of a good thing in, in the real world, like eating too much chocolate or yeah. drinking too much wine or something like that, which is really fun. But, you know, there are consequences for that kind of thing. Yeah, like I, I see this, I see the chart and this is what pops into my head. It's like the, you know, you're, you're watching a Broadway show and there's that song in the Broadway show and they get to the final note and it's just like big and huge and the dancers and the lights and the flash. Yeah. Like I, that's kind of what I see with an exalted moon with a North yeah, note, love with that. Jupiter there with Mars yeah. and Mercury getting in on it. It's like, it's like, yeah. you know, the grand finale of like too much over the top glitter yeah. and sparkles and stuff. So I think that on a more personal level, I think that people are going to feel like whoa this is like just have this not necessarily things are going to happen that are big or monumental but the Mm. feeling of the day is going to feel yeah big big Mm -hmm. yeah I'm I'm really yeah I feel like that story is kind of even building now in the background I definitely feel that sense you know because if we've had like those Saturn Uranus squares um sorry the big truck going past it's really loud that's okay um because we've had you know uh you know back a couple of it was last year wasn't it yeah Saturn in Aquarius square Uranus and Taurus mm-hmm. um yeah. those squares were so dynamic and it's like the again to use a cheesy term but the soul connections that were activated by those squares um really can you know have have that big big finale now and you know we'll see what's what's coming about you know when the curtain goes down and everything falls silent you know what's what's coming out of that (laughs) yeah and it's you know like like you were saying that Saturn that Saturn Uranus dynamic that we had we had so much activity and fixed signs the past couple of years yeah. I feel yeah. like it's like we're finally out of the fixed sign energy the no which is finally, nice <laughs> yeah like Jupiter you know Ju- well we will have the Jupiter Uranus connection uh conjunction yeah. in Taurus in next year but it's like it doesn't feel as intense you know yeah um it doesn't yeah. feel like the fit I mean maybe it's because I'm a fixed rising sign I feel like like just everything has been getting lit up in my angular houses and I'm excited to not yeah. have the fixed energy or fixed yeah. at least I should say yeah I've, I've got like the fixed sun and then um, aspects to lots of like the fixed signs so I've been feeling it despite being you know a cardinal rising sign <laughs> or cardinal angles yeah. um the fixed energy is definitely like 
it just gets a bit boring doesn't it you know and yeah. it's like we we know we all need change um even if we don't necessarily enjoy the process of change it's like mm -hmm. ultimately that is where we need to kind of head so it's it's nice to have a change of energy yeah yeah that's like you, you like it feels like things have been stuck so I feel, yeah. I feel like the end of October it's like that final eclipse even though like the nodes have shifted we're we're finishing yeah. up that that cycle of eclipses that happened in Taurus and Scorpio when we're finally letting go of it which is a very yeah. full moon thing it's letting go yeah. and it might not be yeah. easy to let go because it's the fixed energy you know yeah and especially in Taurus you know Taurus doesn't like to let go for anybody you know oh. really doesn't like the change I see that so much in my um, youngest who's got moon in Taurus and like trying to wrap up breastfeeding and anything to do with food or being at home for him it's just like it's so important to his everyday and he's so slow to change those things that comfort him mm -hmm. um so even though the moon's exalted in Taurus it's like it you know that that kind of shadow side can be like holding on too tight to things because you think that that's the best thing in the world and not being open to the idea that other things that might be even better are like around the corner yeah you know like um you know, I think of like the Taurus full moon, it's like letting go of the things that are familiar and the yeah. things that you know you have available and yeah. entertaining the idea of changing things up, letting go of those creature comforts and, and, and stepping into something that's like a little bit unfamiliar. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. But the end that it's interesting too because it's right around halloween as well so it'll be like nice and spooky that there's like a kind of full moon around halloween and stuff yeah that happened a couple of years ago and i was just like this is so cool full yeah. moon on halloween it's so yeah. atmospheric <laughs> i know so that's all i really had for um october you know there's other stuff going on but i feel like those were the most important ones to kind of discuss or the ones that are going to be more noticeable um, what's your yeah. like take on October as an overall month? Um, yeah, I mean, it just feels like a massive change point. Um, but the change being initiated, not necessarily like we've been saying, like, um, with all of the information available immediately, but just that, you know, it was a really windy day where I live in the UK yesterday. And I literally just felt like, the winds of change are here and I just couldn't shake that you know in my mind I was like it's like the autumn equinox is coming like as we record this um and it just felt like I just feel this sense of like okay get ready because mm. you know things even though we might not like feel it to begin with like things are coming and things are changing but there is this you know with Pluto involved and stationing and um yeah and the nodes being involved it feels like a real key month of the year but I mean I feel like I say that most months when I'm doing like horoscopes and things but I just feel like since 2020 there's been so much action that um it's really hard to kind of ignore the fact that we're living in really dynamic times mm. um yeah and it, it I guess yeah the winds of change are coming that that's really my kind of tagline for October how about you I love that. I, I feel the same way. I just feel like things, I feel like since Venus moved into Leo, things have felt stagnant. Like yeah. the beginning of it was interesting. 
And then it was just like the same story over and over again. So I really feel like October, it's maybe bring a fresh perspective or just a feeling of like, okay, things are going or initiating or we're able Mm -hmm. to get somewhere and kind of leave the past behind. But like, I agree too, like what you were saying, it's since 2020, things have been so monumental with the astrology between like the Saturn Jupiter conjunction, the Saturn Pluto conjunction. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's the Saturn it's, Uranus. The Saturn, mm-hmm. yeah. It just seems like there's yeah. so much going on. Um, but yeah. this month, it this month just seems like it will be like one of those, um, one of those chapters you highlight to remember about or to like be like, yeah. okay, this is where it all started. I remember yeah, seeing yeah. some sort of you know vision in this month or something like that yeah it's it's like living through it um might just feel kind of like day to day but then when we reflect back on it like this time next year it'll be like wow that was a real key key moment in everything and I couldn't see it at the time but now I see it and it also makes me wonder about you know the fact that we are (laughs) wrapping up that that Venus in Leo transit that um you know all of that Libra energy is in like sextile um aspect to leo and so it is like that that new phase um of of venus energy as well because the sextile being of the nature of venus um the new phase of energy in in our own like next eight year cycle of of venus in leo as well yeah Um, yeah yeah so new seeds potentially connected to that storyline as well yeah i definitely think so because october is the month where venus finally moves past the venus period and like steps into new territory so it's the starting of a new cycle even though like technically the conjunction is the superior conjunction but anyways yeah yeah it's like an an extra an extra bit of newness yeah (laughs) Yeah, it's the um it's the what's the the introduction in a book yeah getting into the chapter so yeah definitely Yeah. yeah well anyways thank you so much for having me um it was a great time. I'm happy that I had you on for October because I once like we were saying, October is, seems like an important month. So yeah, it's been so nice. It's been really nice to join you, and it's been really nice to just like discuss astrology. And it's like the fact that this is going out as a podcast is kind of like awesome because yeah. it's like just having a nice chat with friends about astrology. So yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's been lovely. Yeah, that's what I try to do on the podcast. I'm just like having a chat with a friend, and I record it and we put it out. <laughs> Yeah, it's really, I love it. It's a really nice style. <laughs> yeah. So if anyone's interested in Freya and like her, her practice or her Instagram, anything like that, I will put her links in the show notes so you have them all. Um, and once thank again, you. everyone, thank you for listening and we will see you next month. Bye. Bye.